Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest is McLean Wilson. He's the CEO of Spark Invest. The website is sparkinvest.com. So, McLean, thanks for coming. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Richard. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, tell me uh, briefly about Spark Invest. What's the premise of the, the company? Sure. So, Spark Invest is an equity crowdfunding uh, platform that gives access to you know your average retail investors. Uh, gives them the opportunity to invest in early stage, you know, non-public companies that are poised for growth. So how does it fit in with uh, Kickstarter and Indiegogo and some of these other crowdfunding platforms? So I would say it's somewhat of a competitor uh, to the to the you know seed invest and the other two that you just mentioned. Um, we do take a, a bit more of an entrepreneurial uh, look at it, given that you know most of the you know the the management team at Spark Invest has either started companies, sold companies, uh, has been in the trenches uh, for you know some time, uh, even today uh, at this point, but you know. I'll, I would say a large differentiator uh, from the ones that you mentioned are, you know, we're not allowing uh, companies that just have an idea onto our platform. Um, We seek out companies that have got a proof of concept, ideally have some revenue. Uh, They have a very good use uh, for the capital that they're raising through our platform. So it's, it's not more of a, you know, bet on a pie in the sky idea, but more a bet on a, you know, proven entrepreneur who has a, new idea or a new product who is looking to you know raise capital in order to execute that you know on that idea well makes sense it seems like you'd have a higher success rate with those parameters that's the idea you know we we are very picky about who we allow onto our platform you know candidly we would you know only allow companies onto our platform in which we would strongly consider investing ourselves and so you know not that we invest in everything on our platform but we want to have a high success rate um, and you really weed out the companies that are you know, just creating an app or, you know, something that's not really solving a problem. So, you know, if you're if you're coming to us to, you know, create an app to be bought by Facebook, you know, we probably wouldn't consider it. But if, you know, you're actually setting out to you know, change something of substance and add something, um, you know, I would say to the world in general, you know, we will take a much harder look at that. Well, how do companies view crowdfunding? <clears throat> is it the type of company that is established looking to do crowdfunding, or is the common perception that it's only for um, startups that just have an idea? I think the perception is just for startups that are, you know, looking for capital so that someone can go quit their day job and get funded in order to, you know, work on their dream. Uh, whereas, you know, we like the entrepreneurs that have been at it for a year or two and kind of bootstrapped it to date, finally have a few customers, you know, launch their first product and are really just need this capital injection, you know, pre, you know, some kind of VC round or, you know, other form of financing, but, you know, they're kind of at the cusp uh, of being able to, you know, take to the next level um, and start, you know, the true, I would say, series A, B, C rounds uh, down the road. So, you know, in general, you know, our our companies have been funded, you know, by the entrepreneur and by the owner who has a, a lot of sweat uh, into the deal at the moment and are looking for, you know, you know, something outside of friends and family capital um, from a wide array of, uh, you know, investors. So why aren't you going at this as an incubator or VC type of vehicle? Why crowdfunding? 
you know, so we are going to, you know, through the crowdfunding kind of, you know, idea, you know, we do utilize uh, Reg CF, which allows the entrepreneur to raise up to a million seventy thousand dollars. And that was a gift of the Jobs Act back in 2012. That's been very underutilized uh, to date. And, you know, we are a large believer in that, you know, the entrepreneur, if you have a great idea, you know, you should not, you know, raise a VC round and essentially become an employee of the VC or give up, give up, you know, the bulk of the equity in your company or your idea uh, because somebody has a, you know, large check they're willing to give you. So we like to have, you know, an entrepreneur who, you know, ultimately could be the largest benefactor uh, of their idea uh, as well as our investors, right? I mean, the bulk of the, you know, return that investors see is, you know, not series A, B, or C round because the average retail investor does not have access to that. You know, we want to get in and we want to get our investors in, you know, to underlying transactions that are very early on uh, in their life cycle so that, you know, the investor and ultimately the entrepreneur are the largest benefactors down the road. So we'll, the Spark will set up the crowdfunding, but does it participate as a uh, equity investor or as an incubator or does it have other functions besides setting up the crowdfunding? Well, we're setting up the crowdfunding. We're also, you know, you know, constantly, um, you know, marketing for investors for, uh, you know, the entrepreneurs that are on our site. Um, we typically do not invest uh, in the deals that are that are on our site. Um, if that if somebody at our company wants to, that is their own discretion, right? As an individual to do that. Um, I will say that the bulk of the the bulk of the deals that we have on our platform. You know, we have all vetted them internally and we think that they're good, you know, typically, you know, okay investments and that they're not fraudulent. The actual plan, you know, is, you know, interesting and they're real innovative ideas that could, you know, change the world, ideally. So, you know, but we do not have a, you know, bespoke fund or anything of that nature that invests in uh, the companies. Um, we do vet them highly. You know, we to take a lot of time up front uh, making sure that you know the information that that is going to be given to investors uh, is accurate you know there is a requirement for audited financials depending on the amount of money that you're raising uh, and so we do a lot of that in order to kick out the investments that are uh, you know that are just serving one purpose and that purpose is typically not the investor so what about the people that actually do the, uh, the investing you know the crowd participants are they vetted or are they a different breed of person on your platform? It's the average retail investor. So, you know, through Reg CF, there's no accreditation status. So it opens up this, you know, seed round world to the universe. You know, the minimum investment on Spark Invest is $250 per investment. So it really makes it um, available, to, you know, just to the, the common individual. So, um, and it's a very easy process to get signed up. It takes about five minutes to then start, you know, for the underlying investor to start viewing the underlying investments. Um, but no, the investors are just your ever, you know, everyday person. Yeah, I just didn't know if you're attracting a different type of person because of the uh, all the vetting that you do. I mean, you can, when you communicate that to people looking at companies on the platform, again, do you see that they react in a certain way? Do you feel like you're getting a different crowd of people than, you know, Kickstarter, Indiegogo, et cetera? In general, we're getting investors that are, you know, I guess I'd just say smarter than the than, than most investors that are out there. Uh, we also do have interest, you know, from you know more institutional investors uh, to invest through our platform, which is you know you know a, a big compliment um, to the platform. But in general, you know, these are you know very well vetted ideas 
um, that you know need an audience. And we did, you know, we do tend to attract you know investors that are taking things seriously and not investing on a whim, but actually doing some diligence and then you know ultimately investing. Are there certain industries that you've seen uh, higher prevalence of versus other platforms, or just in general? Uh, you're seeing more in certain industries nowadays? From an industry standpoint, it's kind of all over the place. You know, like things that we don't do are crypto or ICOs um, or, you know, investments that, you know, have management teams that do not have a history of being successful. You know, they've got a very complex business model that's, you know, difficult for, you know, the average investor to understand, um, such as, you know, dropping words like big data, machine learning, AI, all that kind of stuff. Um, and you know, companies that are you know just have generic business models are generally not accepted onto our platform. Um, you know, we do hone in on you know the track record of the entrepreneur, how they're going to execute their business model. Uh, you know, one thing that helps quite a bit you know, when raising capital um, through Spark Invest is you know how large is the social media following. You know, who's the underlying customer? Is it consumer based? Is it not consumer based? Um, you know. And again, it's back to the innovative ideas that are that are you know different, you know, than your kind of run of the mill ideas. So, what are some of the companies that have uh, come up in the past or on there now that you think are really super innovative or you're interested in personally? Got it. So, we're launching in December, December one, um, with a handful of um, companies that are going to you know. Okay. I think we're going to start out with a you know a dozen or so. Uh, at that moment in time, um, and so we're in the process now of, you know, recruiting. Um, we, we're about half filled for the kind of the first offering or the first round. Um, so at the moment, you know, we're half full and, and pushing forward launch on December first. What, what about the promotion? What, what about you know, the, so you, you'll have a platform with these companies, but um, in order for them to get funding, you know, they need quite a bit of uh, buzz around them. So, you know, they'll need to do their own marketing. But what about your platform? Are you going to be helping market or promote them? We do. Yeah, we have a full-fledged marketing team that's, you know, we've already started that process um, for our companies that are on the platform. Um, so we do that, you know, in-house and, you know, we, we, we expect that the offerings will be filled, you know, fairly quickly. Uh, we're getting a lot of traction on the investor side as far as signing up um, and going, going down that route. So are you able to disclose any of the companies that are coming in the initial round and talk about what they do? Uh, yeah, of course. I can give you know kind of some high level, um, obviously not company names at this point, but you know, one company that I, I think is fairly interesting is a you know fintech payments pro payment processor, where you know that you know you know typically it's very difficult if you're you know you're trying to set up a merchant account, you have to tie it in with the bank. That's a that's a days if not week long process. Uh, this company has a out of the box API that. Um, instantly, you know, sets up a merchant account so you can start receiving payment on whatever it is that you happen to be selling uh, at the time. That's a, a fairly interesting one. Like, for example, they've already gone through a, uh, a 506C offering. So this is kind of equity round number two uh, for them. Um, the first one was more of a, uh, you know, friends and family. This is stepping towards the more institutional rounds down the road. Uh, one is a, a med tech company. Uh, we also have a, um, a cybersecurity company that does a lot of business. Um, with universities and various government agencies, and as you know, cybersecurity is you know a very hot topic these days, and it's it's, it's a very needed solution. But um, those are kind of you know three of the three of the six that we have already signed up, ready to go, and we're starting the onboarding process for them. Do companies tend to um, go on multiple platforms to try to get as much money as they can, or are they even allowed to do that? You know, do they 
try to go on like Kickstarter and Indiegogo and yours and everywhere they can. Right. So you can do as many, you know, these companies can do as many as they would like. Uh, we're not allowing any of these companies, if they're going to, you know, try to, you know, play the field, if you will, uh, we're only allowing them to raise it through our site. Um, otherwise, we will not accept them onto our site. You think it's a good idea or a bad idea in general for companies to do that? Like, you know, go on as many platforms as they can or is it does it hurt them? That's a good question. I think in general, it kind of speaks to the underlying business, uh, you know, and, and it creates a lack of focus in my mind because, you know, every site, whether it's us or Seedinvest or WeFunder or whomever, has a different process, different requirements. And inherently, you know, the underlying entrepreneur may spend a lot of time just, you know, filling out the application, onboarding. Um, but again, it's, you know, I think it, and it also, you know, if somebody is going to go on those other sites, I, we don't want them on ours because we, we do take a different view, nor do we want, you know, different offerings that are out there. You know, there could be, you know, a safer arrangement on it on one site there. Um, and, you know, we don't allow those on ours. So we would not want to see, you know, our investors invest in a round um, where, you know, all investors are not, you know, kind of parry pursue with one another. Um, and so I would say, you know, I think it's to the detriment of the underlying company. Okay. So what would you say are best practices? You know, let's say I've been working on an idea for a year. And like I said, I mean, like you said, I meet all your requirements and uh, I'm looking to get funding. What would you recommend for me to do and not do and look out for so that I, I have a chance of being successful? Great question. Uh, one thing is to start, start having your accounting buttoned up day one. Because ultimately, whenever you go into an equity uh, raise, you know, the financials, um, specifically through, uh, you know, Reg CF, if you're raising over, you know, $107,000, which pretty much all companies on our site will be doing, you know, you have to have audited financial statements. Um, there, there could be audited financial statements with, you know, $0 in revenue, but it's just, you know, you can't do it in Excel. You need to do it through a third-party accounting uh, software. Um, we have relationships with, account with accountants who can do an audit, you know, for fairly inexpensively, uh, who understand the Reg CF space. So, one, it's, you know, making sure that the accounting is tight early on. Um, two, you know, have a business plan that clearly defines the uses of capital that you're asking investors. You know, you're asking, you know, people for money, right? You, you, you owe it to them to give them a very, very clear plan over what you plan to do with the capital to ultimately give them a return on that investment. So those two things are, are primarily, you know, I would say the two two things that would help companies succeed that are going through this process. Well, the sad thing is all the things that you're suggesting sound totally prudent, but I wonder in the marketplace, you know, if the climate supports that or if that's like, you know, how companies have been thinking, you know, even giants and maybe I'm, I shouldn't say this, but it seems like Tesla and, you know, companies like that are just unbelievably irresponsible with their money. And, and uh, you know, again, what you're telling makes total sense, but I just wonder how many companies out there are actually doing it listening. You know, I, I think it's, um, I think that's one differentiator. You know, we do, you know, we analyze things probably a touch more uh, than some of our competitors up front. And that's simply because, you know, we want our investors to, you know, have the best chance of success on our, on our website. And as far as Tesla goes, I can't really, uh, I can't really speak to that, but um, you know, I, I do understand um, that, you know, especially once these companies are public, you know, it's, it's all, you know, as far as what they do, it's all, you know, publicly disclosed, you know, with private companies, there can be, you know, a lot more, I would say, shifty things going on. And those are the things that we try to vet out uh, initially just to make sure that, you know, there, there isn't an inherent, you know, issue uh, with the underlying off offerings or companies. 
Yeah, any other advice? So you talked about it, you know, getting your financials set right from the beginning, making sure they have audited statements, you know, uh, clearly stating what you're going to use money for, which makes total sense. Any other advice you have? You know, I think, you know, this falls more to the, you know, post-launch category, but, you know, keeping your investors informed, um, especially once you, you know, once you've taken some of their capital in, you start to execute on your business plan, you know, things are going exactly as, you know, that you plan, which, you know, never happens. Um, things are going to be, some, some things will be better, some things will be worse. Keeping a very clear, you know, you know open channel of communication with your investors is, is crucially important, um, especially if you execute on your business plan, you know, your chance for, you know, future capital from some of these same investors, um, good, bad, or indifferent will, will, you know, be higher than if you're leaving them in the dark. What about the amount that you raise? So you just try to raise as much as humanly possible and can you over-raise, and how do you set the expectation on what's possible? Well, currently through Reg CF, um, you can only raise up to a million seventy thousand. Uh, we are firm believers um, that the that limit's going to be raised to somewhere north of five million dollars. Uh, we are advocates of that. You know, we're in constant, you know, communication, uh, you know, with the appropriate parties to you know do what we can to get that raised. Because you know, a million seventy thousand dollars is helps businesses, but you know. If we can go up to five or twenty million dollars, the the world opens up tremendously, um, mostly for you know the investors um, that are able to seek you know uh, an above average return for you know to invest in more mature companies. And you know we're trying to identify early on you know the Facebook, the Apples, you know those kind of companies um, that get funded through our platform um, initially. Even if you're if you're really good with controlling your burn rate, I mean, how long would a million after all fees and you know, marketing and everything, how much would you net, first of all, and be able to use, and how long would that keep you alive for before you have to turn to more financing or funding? Sure. I mean, as far as, you know, what the companies, you know, net, you know, we, we charge, you know, 5% of, of, of what's raised. So that's that's our fee. Um, it's very, very plain, very simple, right? So um, so whatever they raise, you know, 0.95 is what they get. Um, you know, it's, as far as what their burn is, that's on a very, you know, deal by deal basis. You know, this could be one entrepreneur that is you know, starting to execute who does not need a whole lot of staff, you know, you know, to somebody that needs, you know, four people, five people, six people, right? And a lot of it depends on the burn is the path to revenue. If the path to revenue is imminent, obviously the burn decreases uh, once you get to that point. Um, so again, it's kind of on a, you know, case by case scenario. Well, it is, but how long, what should be the expectation then? You know, so if I, if I'm all excited about my idea and I come to you and I say, all right, I want to, I want to get on Spark. I want to raise that money. I want to hit that million dollar mark. You know, how do you rein in or keep my expectations sane for, uh, you know, based on experience versus just based on what I want or think? Sure. Um, you know, the very tough question and it's, 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 you know, something that, you know, we tend to leave between the entrepreneur and the underlying investor. You know, if we, if, if the, if the entrepreneur is coming in saying, you know, we've got a business plan that's going to million X uh, the underlying capital in a 12 month period, those are some key signs that that's probably not factual. Um, you know, it comes down to, you know, we are very selective on who we let onto our platform, uh, you know, on the issuer side. You know, they, they need to have a good business plan. They need to, you know, have some experience and they, they need to have a good path to execution and to profitability. If they're not, you know, generating revenue already. Mm. Yeah, the reason I ask is that, you know, I haven't gotten crowdfunding ever for an idea. So I just wonder how long on average would that money last? And, and should I see it as a very short term solution, for instance, or is it 
you know, it'll get me a couple of years or something on average, or will only be a few months and I'll have to very quickly go for more funding in order to support my idea. I know maybe I run lean, maybe I don't run lean, but on average, what, what kind of expectation should it be? How should this fit into the scheme of things? So typically, you know, this, this form of capital raising is think of it between friends and family and, you know, after friends and family before series A. So, you know, there tends to be more raises in the future. Um, typically once, you know, you get your underlying investors, um, you know, um, committed, invested, uh, you know, you ought, you start to operate your business plan. That could be anywhere from, you know, a few months to a few years, right? And then assuming everything is going the, the direction, you know, you can start to go through the, you know, the VC route, um, you know, even, you know, maybe contemplate a Reg A plus uh, at some point in the future, you know, to go even towards an IPO. But, uh, you know, from a individual company standpoint, it, it varies drastically. Okay. But, you know, again, if I'm, if I'm going to apply to your platform, you know, I'm, I'm figuring out some of the requirements that you're saying. So I should have, again, audited financials. I should have reasonable expectations. I'm trying to figure out what those are. You know, the cap I can raise is just a little bit over a million. Um, I can't have too high of a burn rate. Otherwise, this will just be futile and it'll go up and smoke very quickly and I'll need to get more funding. So I'm just trying to figure out, again, some of the parameters that would make it, you know, for instance, again, the hypothetical me, a good candidate or a bad candidate for your funding platform. Yeah, you know, it's, I would say that the capital, I would anticipate it lasting you know, at least 12 months would be a reasonable expectation. Um, you know, the under, you know, the underlying business plan uh, and or, you know, strategy that, you know, the entrepreneur is executing on you know, is going to have different paths to exits or new rounds of capital. Uh, but again, I would think that, you know, in general, it should be at least a year before, you know, a need for more capital uh, is there. Okay, to be safe. Gotcha. All right. Any, um, any business models you're seeing that are more prevalent today or more successful? versus uh you know other ones have things changed in the you know in the startup environment or are they kind of as they've always been you know if not what's new you know i i would say that you know I, I think we saw a lot of pie in the sky ideas over the past couple of years you know a lot of you know ideas and or you know icos that were being launched that were either fraudulent or really had no chance of success um mm. you know a lot of apps being developed seeing less of that now more more business plans that are, you know, solving problems, you know, just like, you know, the one, one deal I mentioned, you know, you know, a FinTech payment processor, right. They're, they're solving a very critical problem for companies that are small trying to figure out, you know, they have client interest. How do they most efficiently take payment? Right. So, right. you know, we like ones that are, you know, solving a problem and we're seeing more of that now uh, than we probably did a couple of years ago. And, you know, I think I think that's good, and that a lot of the hype over investments that are that were not sound is, you know, it's it's reduced pretty significantly over the past six or twelve months. Do you think expectations are settling down in a soft way, or do you think that um, you know we have to watch out because we may be headed for a, a correction? I mean, it sounds like it's a, a soft letdown and a return to normal expectations, or you know, more vetted ones, which is good. Yeah, you know, I think over the past, you know, few years, you, you've seen a lot of, you know, paper millionaires and billionaires that have been, you know, kind of posted all over, you know, whether you watch, you know, Bloomberg or CNBC or, you know, or whatever. So you've seen a lot of kind of, you know, kind of call like flash riches, if you will. Um, right. You know, those are those tend to be temporary. Uh, we like more foundational companies 
that are, you know, that are doing something that makes sense, is solving a problem, and, you know, investors get rewarded for that. Okay. Very good. And, uh, yeah, one thing I, I that comes to mind is, you know, if, if a company goes through your process and is vetted, it, it seems like they're grooming themselves to be able to get other funding much more easily because they've been through a somewhat similar process. They've been vetted. Maybe even the fact that they're on your platform will speak for them when they go for, you know, other rounds of funding that they've been vetted. So maybe that uh, your platform will act as a, as a good reference in a way if a company makes it through and yeah, successfully raises. Yeah, that's part of the idea. You know, it, you know, foundational things are very important for, you know, young growing companies. And the more, you know, a dollar spent today is worth 10 in the future. And so, you know, we're a firm believer that, you know, all companies on our, on our site, you know, hopefully will be successful. No guarantee of that, obviously. But we do want to set them up to give them the best chance of success. And we feel like some of those foundational things that we, that we force um, will lead to that. Okay. Well, very good. So what's the, what's the process? How do uh, interested founders get in touch and start the application process and interested people that want to fund companies reach out to you? Sure. Uh, it's very simple. Um, so it's, you know, you can email us at info at sparkinvest.com or you can just go to our website and sign up as an issuer. Um, it's equally as easy as an investor as well. Uh, you know, you sign up, um, it takes about five minutes to start, you know, browsing all the different selections. Uh, we charge zero dollars to onboard an investor. So, you know, everything they're doing is, you know, just you know, they don't have to worry about ancillary fees that we're charging them. We don't we just don't do it. We don't believe in that. We believe in giving them access to, you know, vetted investments uh, that they can, you know, take take seriously or not. Um, and then once the you know, going back to the issuer, once they reach out to us, you know, somebody from our internal team will will reach out to them, um, start talking them through the process of, you know, how do you onboard? You know, what do we need to see from you? You know, here's what we think you need to do for the best chance of success. You know, start asking, you know, valuation questions. You know, what have you done previously? Um, you know, but, you know, pretty simple process, you know, application. Because, um, again, this, you know, this is all going, you know, through the Reg CF portal. So there's a, a very specific government application that you need to fill fill out. Um, we have that all templated to make the, you know, the path, you know, make the process very easy. Um, and then, you know, our team will help review the application, you know, have any follow-up questions. Uh, we start to help them prepare documents. And so, you know, again, we're giving the entrepreneur a lot of support because candidly, you know, while they need to, you know, get on Spark Invest, they don't always have the time to get on Spark Invest. So we try to alleviate, you know, those roadblocks of, you know, you know, I don't have three hours in the day to, you know, go on here and get the documents together to call, you know, I don't know where to get my financials audited. Don't worry. We have, we have resources for them. Um, and then we help them launch. You know, it's typically a, a few week process from application until launch. Oh, and how long, um, how long should a campaign be? 60 days, 90 days? Yeah. You know, I would say two to four months is a reasonable expectation for a campaign. You know, a lot of it depends on the, you know, the underlying, um, you know, business plan. Um, but generally, you know, we're kind of seeing right now that, you know, two to four months is pretty, pretty reasonable time frame from the time you launch to the time it's, you know, filled or the entrepreneur decides to close the round. Mm. Okay. Well, very good. Well, McLean, thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, it's been very useful and very interesting. So uh, sparkinvest.com is where people should go, you know, to reach out. And uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me, Richard. 
You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.